1: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
0: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on
1: Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh.
0: (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Kay and I wrote a book.
1: (laughs) We wrote a book, y'all. So I guess you can add author to my resume. We fancy y'all that yes. ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen.
0: And I'm DeVal.
1: And we're the Ellis's.
0: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
1: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
0: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married.
0: Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics.
1: Things most folks don't want to talk about
0: through the lens of a millennial married couple dead ass is a term that we say every day so when we say dead ass we're actually saying facts 100 the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth (laughs) we about (laughs) to take pillow talk to a whole new level
1: dead ass starts right now
0: so last year around april coming up on my birthday Mm -hmm. We were approached with an opportunity to co-author a book, mm-hmm. Kadeen and I. And at first, we were like, eh, I don't really want to write no book. Like, <laughs> We have our podcast. We do so much our content on social media. I like writing my little uh, notes to K underneath my captions and stuff like that. I felt like that was my space. I felt like that's what I wanted to do. Plus, um, I feel like, in all honesty, I feel like relationship books be cheesy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's no one way to design a perfect relationship. Yeah, You know, so I was kind of like, Nah, I don't really want to write a book. And then Kay was like, yeah, I don't really want to write a book neither. So then we sat down with the publishing company. We sat down with Penguin Random House. Um, we sat down with the literary agent at CAA. And we actually discussed what a book would look like if we co-wrote a book. Mm-hmm. And... Kay and I decided that the only way we're going to write a book is if we can write this book differently than any other relationship book has ever been written. Mm-hmm. So they were like, what do you mean? I said, so first, if we're going to do a relationship book, it's not going to be a collective thought that Kadina and I said, these are the pillars that make a perfect relationship. Yeah. No, I want to write from my voice And Kadeem wants to write from her voice. Mm -hmm. And what we want, we want people to read the book, understanding that every story has two different perspectives Mm -hmm. and understand that you can learn more about our relationship, hearing Kadeem's perspective about how we met and then hearing my perspective about how we met and then hearing a collective perspective about how we got through those moments. Mm -hmm. So they was like, wow, that's never been done before. Mm -hmm. So we chose to move forward and write the book. And I guarantee you guys, when you sit down and read this book, it's not going to be like any relationship book you ever read in your life. <laughs>
1: You're all. <laughs> I
0: need. Oh,
1: yes,
0: yeah, a good one. To get by. <laughs> I, okay, Mary. You're all. <laughs> mm, 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 I, I need. To, need to get bye. by. Mm, mm, uh, uh, then I hey. come out of nowhere hmm. Shorty I'm there for you hey, Anytime you hey. need me You're real girl And <laughs> you in your world Believe me Nothing make a man Feel better than then a I woman Queen with a ground That be down for whatever <laughs> There's a few things That's forever My lady hey. We could make war And oh, make babies. babies Back when I was nothing You made a brother Feel like he was something That's why I'm with you Till this day Boom no front ah,
1: That is literally us That is totally us That is us That is absolutely Not to mention
0: us. Both of them are artists From New York Hmm. Shaolin The Shaolin Temple Shout out Wu-Tang Method Man <laughs> from Staten Island
1: Yes sir Mary's from Mount Vernon That's a good one Yeah That almost was the name of our book actually.
0: It was Yeah. It was You're all I need
1: Love that Alright y'all But well, all we need to do Is pay some bills <laughs> So <laughs> We're gonna do that And come back And we're gonna dive more Into We Over Me Y'all We're yes. gonna tell y'all About this whole book writing process Yes Babies Stay tuned This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family.
0: That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively.
1: And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down.
0: In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience.
1: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of weird. You do that?
1: Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right,
0: guys, we back.
1: We are back. We over me, y'all. The counterintuitive approach to getting what you want out of your relationship. Yes. Man, let me tell y'all. First of all, I had like me... Y'all know me by now. I'm cool with DeVal filming me. We cool.
0: We cool together.
1: I'm well. I'm cool with DeVal, A, but I'm cool (laughs) with him. For example, filming me like looking tattered and tired around the house and like fresh up in the morning. It's not the only film. No makeup. We got Um, other films. I know.
0: (laughs) You don't look tattered and tired. Maybe not in the beginning. Maybe in
2: the (laughs) end. Maybe now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been a long 20 years, y'all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you're used to me doing the videos like that, which I'm cl- totally cool with. And mm-hmm. you've seen, you know, of course, like the stylized shoots and like all the fun things. Yeah. Like that to me is is fun and, and great yeah. and I'm all for it. But let me tell y'all about the anxiety that I had around this book.
2: Yeah, it
0: was, yeah.
1: I don't know what it was for me with this process. Like, first of all, I will say the process was far less daunting than I thought it was going to be because if it required me to just put fingers to keyboard and type out a book,
2: yeah. it was never going to happen. No, yeah. But yeah, what I, I did
1: love about the process is that we partnered with our writer. Yes. We actually had an interview process with a couple different people. Yes. And then we sat down with a writer who we selected that we felt like knew enough about our history. Yes. Um, and, you know, and had she some work under her voice. belt. She understood our voice. So it was perfect to have these touch-based sessions with her. Yes. Um, but we would kind of just, through a Zoom, sit down and she would ask us a variety of questions about particular portions of our life.
0: Well, well we have and to tell them first how she got to the questions. Okay, yes. So the first thing is mm-hmm. we we told her our love story. Mm-hmm. And we told her exactly how we wanted the story to be told. Mm-hmm. And
1: she did her so, research too by watching a lot of our footage yes. and things like that. I think she had already been like kind of, yes, you know, on the radar us. following us. Yeah.
0: But um, when, when we first agreed to do this book, I, I told them, I said, I do not want to do a Pillars book. Mm -hmm. You know, the five pillars to love by Mm -hmm. the Ellisers. No, I didn't want to do nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like The Notebook. Kadina and I fell in love with this movie called The Notebook. And it's a story about a young couple. And it starts from their courting process until they're old 60-year-old people. And they actually fall in love and die holding hands in the nursing home together. Mm -hmm. And the way we learn about their love story was through their memoirs. Mm -hmm. As she, I believe, was going through... Uh, Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. So she couldn't remember So she was reading Some notes and stuff And that's how we Learned about their love story Through the notebook Mm -hmm. So the concept was For us to create Our version of the notebook Mm -hmm. And it was going to be Our memoirs Memoirs through the years Of when we first met at 18 Mm -hmm. All the way up Until we became adults But the difference is We weren't going to write it From one perspective Mm -hmm. We were going to write it from both Kadeen's perspective and my perspective. So it was kind of like, how are we going to do this? You know, yeah. we first wrestled with doing a double sided front cover, mm-hmm. which means if you looked at the book one way, it would be. Deval's version And if you flipped And turned it the other way It was Kadeen's version mm-hmm. And we wrestled with that And we were kind of like Eh I don't want to do that Because I don't want anyone To read my whole story first Right Create their whole idea Narrative about what's right or wrong Right And then read Kadeen's Or vice versa Right
1: Because we never wanted it to be a, like Oh I side with Val Or side with right. Kadeen Kind of a thing It's just like wow here, Here's how two individuals Work together Yes And you get the different perspectives mm-hmm. Simultaneously about the same situation Mm-hmm. And how we both kind of unpacked yes. and arrived at certain, you know, um, destinations. Yes. You so know? it's
0: very similar to like the podcast. Yeah. I tell a story. Mm-hmm. Kadine gives her version of the story. I tell how her ideas of what she thought in the story made me feel. She does the same thing. And then we come to an ultimate conclusion of how that story made us better moving forward. Mm-hmm. The book is about that. Yeah. Um, we chose a series of stories from the time we were 18 up until we had children Mm -hmm. that were really um, dynamic in our relationship. Mm -hmm. I said those would be... The stories that when you think about moments that created the version of Kadeen and the Val you see today, yeah. it's like, I remember that and I see why they move their way, the way they move today.
1: For sure. Definitely. I think a lot of pivotal mm. moments in our relationships, moments that would have caused a make or break situation mm-hmm. um, and sometimes broke us. Yes. But it was the way that we were able to kind of... Uh, Rebuild from that or recover from those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we sat down with with Leah and we had um, these conversations. And then after having these conversations, she would formulate questions for us to then answer. Mm -hmm. um, And the easiest way for both of us, since we're always on the go, was to just voice note it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of my voice notes for particular questions ranged from, you know, 15 minutes to sometimes 35 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on how long my answer had to be. And then she had the task of transcribing and then putting it together and making sure that it was authentic to our voice. And then there were several different back and forth sessions where, you know, she and the editors would work on it, send it back to Deval and I. And then that's when we were able to kind of go in and fill in the gaps now because... But let's be clear.
0: It wasn't just about filling the gaps. mm -hmm. Kadeem first... Got the notes back and said, this doesn't sound exactly like me. Yeah. So, Kadeem went through being the nerd that she is Fact. and changed everything to the way it sounds exactly like her. Right. You know how controlling I am. So, <laughs> I had to do the, literally the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. I will say this, though. You think you're going to learn a lot about us by reading this book? I learned a lot about Kadeem because for the first time in 20 years, I sat down and read all of her thoughts on what we were doing and where we were going in those certain moments. And I learned more about her. And I think a lot of people are looking at us now, and if you look at us now, I'm like, they, they seem to be more happy now
2: mm-hmm.
0: than they than were when we been. first started listening yeah. to this podcast. And I honestly believe writing this book helped me understand my wife's perspective. I also That's learned a, a lot really about her point. family.
1: That's a really good yeah. point when you say that, because Why? We always talk about communicating, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I struggled with over the course of our relationship is how to ac- communicate effectively with you. Yes. And sometimes my thoughts get jumbled, or I may not be able to eloquently express to you in real time through a conversation, verbal, mm-hmm. how I feel. Mm-hmm. But I've always been a writer. You know mm-hmm. that like that mm-hmm. that was always my thing. English was always my strongest subject mm-hmm. to this day. I'm like grammar police. The kids right. already know what time it is when I come with my right. highlighter, right? You do it to me too. Absolutely. I'm like bro, your captions off, you know, <laughs> your apostrophes in the wrong spot, like so for me, I feel like I was really in my element because instead of now having anxiety over the book, now once I got kind of the skeleton that Leah gave us from yeah. transcribing the the voice notes, I was then able to now go in and just add the meat to it, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was really in a moment where I can just read, reread. And you reading those portions of it was almost like therapy sessions again, right?
2: It because you're able to see, therapy.
1: yeah. And we had moments where both of, I, both of us would walk in on each other, you know, like, oh, babe, I know you're working on the book downstairs. Mm-hmm. You're by yourself. And I'd pop in to just check on him, see if he's good, needs anything. And he would almost be teary-eyed. Yeah. And then he'd do the same thing with me. And I'd be like, oh my God, DeVal, like, I'm really sitting in these moments again and just pulling on my memory and pulling on how I felt in certain moments. And it was so tangible that it was like reliving those moments all over again. Some not so good. You know, there were
0: some moments that I, you know, what's funny. There were some moments that were so traumatic for us that you put them away. Yeah. And you lock the door and you throw away the key and you, and your mind, you're like, this never happened.
2: Right.
1: Until, Oh,
0: You're asked a direct question Mm -hmm. and you have to answer it. And it it unloads all of this emotion onto the page. Mm -hmm. And then I'm reading your version and I'm just like, that's what she was thinking that whole time. Yeah, Because sometimes you can't express eloquently how you feel in the moment because Mm -hmm. you're too emotional. Mm -hmm. So even when we were going through those moments, some happy and some sad moments, some Mm -hmm. scary moments... You know, I never really fully understood what you were going through. Yeah. Reading the book now made me be like, oh, my God. Right. Like, at that moment, you weren't my wife, and you made that choice for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, wow. Like, it, it gave me a greater respect for the courage it mm-hmm. takes to believe in someone with no direct knowledge that that person is going to believe in you the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we was, we were still kids in a way. Right. We were in our... Late early 20s, right. some late teens, and we were making adult decisions. Yeah. And those adult decisions took trust. Yeah. And it was just like, man, she trusted me in that moment to make that decision. And I, it would me be like, why, why did she trust me like that?
1: Right. It was you know it I'm was saying? actually Getting you really no, right. like
0: why would you trust him like that?
1: Super baffling. And for me, I'm thinking about shit. Like I encountered 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids to this day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, we were in a space that we were Still babies, still kids, but then had the, the mindset and had the, the, the want and the desire to like just be so roped into each other and yes. so invested in each other so early on. Where I can see why it was so confusing for our family, for example, to be like, guys, y'all are just 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds and y'all are so invested in each other. Like you don't even know who the hell you are. Right. But we were just so locked in.
0: It also made me realize the strength in in faith and love. Because when you're 22, 21, you feel like you got everything figured out. Like you just know everything's figured out. Mm-hmm. And then when you get closer to 40 and you look back at 21, 22 year olds that are half your age, mm-hmm. you sit back and be like, these motherfuckers don't know shit about right. <laughs> shit. And it made me realize that we were making adult decisions at a time when we really didn't know anything. No, no. And, and we, were only, we only had faith
2: mm-hmm.
0: in God and each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and reading the
0: book kind of also made me, it was inspiring to me to be like, wow, yeah, she had that type of faith in me at 19. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, I really put all of that into that young lady mm-hmm. at 19. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking? But I was like, I saw something. Mm-hmm. I saw something in her and it inspired me to continue that love moving forward. Because right now we're only getting closer to 40 When we look back when we're 80, we're going to be like, we made those decisions in our 40s. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. But it made me feel confident that I I could have faith in a person. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, when people read the book, I want you guys to take away that you can have faith in humanity. Mm -hmm. Because right now, because of social media, I think people tend to lose faith in humanity because clickbait is king right now. Oh, for sure. So the easiest way... To get people to click on something is to show fights, mm-hmm. show something negative, mm-hmm. you know, show humanity at its worst, mm-hmm. right? We've seen, you know, you've seen people die right. on social media because the easy way to get clicks. Yeah, When you show love or you show happiness or you show peace, it doesn't have the same type of response. So we're getting fed a lot of negativity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: R- writing this book and reading your examples of why you chose to make this as you made for me gave me a reassurance in humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I hope people when they read the book feel the same way.
1: Yeah. That's you know? nice. that's that's right because you know you you do hear a lot of stories now about how hopeless people feel when it yeah. comes to just dating and finding their person yeah. and you know what's in store for them when it comes to relationships and um what we're hoping is that it'll it'll give people some hope to say you know what mm-hmm. there is somebody out there designed for me. Yes. Um and timing is never <laughs> what we think is going to be because neither nope. of us was looking for A forever love at 18 and 19 years old. I think that's one thing they'll
0: notice. Matter of fact, Tribble Tribble wrote these questions to consider. Right. So I want to interview you. Okay. You can interview me. We can ask each other these questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, what makes your approach... Mm -hmm. counterintuitive because the byline for the book is the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want out of the relationship you have
1: so I kind of feel like it gives a little bit oxymoron vibes right because if Mm -hmm. you're writing a relationship book with two people on the cover it says we over me I'm on Deval's back it's like hey here's like how we have the perfect (laughs) relationship but I think once you dive into the book you see how imperfect we were in so many moments so that counterintuitive the counterintuitivity if Mm -hmm. that's a word (laughs) um, is really like what you think you're going to see in what you think mm. requires, is required in a relationship, mm. we're showing that it's actually quite the opposite. Yes. And how in these moments that are not conventional for some couples and these yes. moments that weren't, you know, traditional for us, we were still able to thrive and be the couple that we are today Absolutely. because of those moments.
0: Absolutely. And know? I also want to add to that the countertuitivity, <laughs> the word that my wife Counter- just into- eloquently creativity. created because I'm pretty sure that's not a word. <laughs> But for me, it was getting everything out of the relationship you want. Typically, when people say get everything out of a relationship you want, what do people start with? Lists. Let's list the things that you want. Our book has nothing to do with lists. We don't talk about the things we want. So count, the counterintuitive part is the fact that I invested in being everything I could be for my partner mm-hmm. to get everything I wanted, as opposed to listing everything I wanted and mm-hmm. expecting my partner to be right. everything on my list.
2: Mm.
0: You see what I'm saying? Mm. And I think when people read it, they'll be like, wait a minute. There was at no point in this book that these two say, this is what I want. And Kadeem has to follow these rules or devout. This is what I want. He has, it was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you read the counterintuitive part, I want you guys to think about realistically what we're asking people and what we're asking people to do. Mm. You See what I'm saying?
1: That's, that's, that's yeah, that's perfect. And I think about, two the title We Over Me, right? Could Mm -hmm. be a little bit off-putting. Because at first, when we were thinking about You're All I Need, Mm -hmm. some of the feedback that we were getting from, like, the editors and, like, the publishers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that was like, oh, you know, You're All I Need kind of gives the implication that, like, there's no individuality here. It's like replacing all of what you need in one person. Very true. um, Where that was not necessarily the message that we were going for. And it wasn't the message. And it wasn't the message. And at first we were kind of, you know, giving a little pushback, like thinking of the song and just thinking about how that inspires us and how it's kind of written for us in a sense. We were just like, this makes so much sense. And they're like, no, if you literally break it down, you're not telling people that Mm -hmm. you're putting your all into someone. Instead, for the purpose of we togetherness, Mm -hmm. the relationship, I'm putting that above myself Self. because we believe in being of service to the person that you're Absolutely. in the relationship with. It's all with. about being of service. So that's where the we over me came from.
0: It also came from my brain because I came up with the title. Shout out to myself.
1: Yeah. Davao was definitely, uh, definitely that was all him, y'all.
0: Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to celebrate myself. You better. You know? You better. And I'm going to
1: celebrate you too. I, I'm going to need some
0: celebration because y'all be celebrating Kadeem all the time. <laughs> Y'all be <laughs> celebrating Kadine all the time, man.
1: Did you be feeling the way, y'all? Like, I do. Don't celebrate me on, as a team, for example. <laughs> celebrate him and Crystal. I had nothing nah. to do with that. Okay? Nah.
0: This is the funniest part. It was when I was honored. Uh, While well, I was asked by the NFL to speak. Mm-hmm. And I took Jackson with me mm-hmm. to speak at Stanford uh, to do a course with former NFL players about building your business to the second level and mm-hmm. second career. Transitions And the comments were like, congratulations to Kadeen and DeVal. I'm like, Kadeen never played in the NFL. Kadeen wasn't even invited here. Kadeen's not even on this trip. And it was congratulations to Kadeen and DeVal. But I will tell you this, though. That's another example of how it's we over me. Because, because when people yeah. view us, they can no longer view us individually. They can't.
1: They can't. They always
0: view us as always Kadeen and DeVal. That's it. You know it's what so I'm true. saying? It's
1: that, and yeah, and it's a struggle like we wanted earlier on. We didn't even see the value in being individuals because we were so wrapped into each other so yeah. early on that now we're wanting some individuality, but people can't see it because <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's always been the Ellis's. Like that's the hashtag. That's everybody together. But I mean, you know, the NFL. That's everything you did. I did not play a down. I did not catch a pass. I did not take a hit. But you, I was on the back end. I was on the back end though. I was rubbing them shoulders down. I was on the back, rubbing them feet, mm. <laughs> making sure you was fed. You know, you did, I mean,
0: I, I don't think, to be honest, I don't think I would have been able to scenes-ness. make it yeah. to that level for if sure. I didn't have that support.
1: Nah, for um, sure.
0: Taking care of me after games.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I'm not really good at taking care of myself. I don't eat in the morning unless K wakes up and makes a breakfast. I, I'll grab a protein shake. Mm-hmm. But Kadeen used to be on top of making sure, like, yo, you're trying to gain five pounds before a pro day. You right. have to eat. Here's
1: this peanut butter and jelly sandwich, bro. <laughs> in between classes,
0: making sure I eat. Coming yeah. home at night, making sure I eat. When I was going over the playbook when I first got mm-hmm. to the Lions, yeah, Kadeem would sit there in the huddle, right, and I
1: wouldn't know what the hell I was saying.
0: She, I would be like, you would have to read off the play, and I would have to hear the play. I would run out to my position,
1: uh-huh.
0: and then I was. She would say, "What does the Y do?" And I would describe on the paper what the Y does. I would describe what the X and yep. the Z does. And oh part of God. the reason why I made the team is because when other receivers only knew one position, I knew all four positions. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why it was easy for me to know all four positions because my wife, my fiance, or my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. used to make flashcards yeah. with all of the plays. That's the nerded me when
1: it came in handy.
0: And turn it over and would have all the written diagrams on the yeah. other side. So no, you didn't catch any passes, mm-hmm. but it was always a we over me type of thing. Like for sure, you were invested, and this is one thing I learned about myself writing this book. You were invested in my individual career mm-hmm. just as much as you were invested in yours. And I was invested in your individual career as much Shit. as I was invested in sometimes mine. Sometimes
1: even more than mine. Like, Devout was just like, girl, like, you you can be the next biggest thing, you know? And I'm just like, me? like me? I still feel like that. And he still feels like that I to the like He's just that. like, girl, now you're about to get your win back and you're done having I, these I, kids. I feel like, like that. The sky's the limit. And sometimes you need that. Yes. And the we over me approach is just even better because we just... It's like having someone alongside you to do this mm-hmm. together with is mm-hmm. just... There's nothing like it, bro. There is nothing like it's it. There's really nothing like it. Yeah,
0: it really is nothing like it.
1: So what challenges did you face while writing the book, babe?
0: Man, one of one of the challenges I faced was trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to share.
2: Hmm.
0: I'm not going to lie. We're we're pretty a pretty open book. Mm-hmm. But I struggled with some stories because some stories were dark.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, some stories were things that I wanted to put away Mm -hmm. because I didn't like to think about you or I or us collectively in a vulnerable position Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I'm at the point in my life now where I don't care what other people think Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be reminded of it
2: yeah
0: you know what I'm saying yeah like I don't don't want to think about the times you were in pain I don't Mm -hmm. want to think about the times when I was in pain so to have to sit down and to write about being in pain watching you in pain and what I was thinking about Mm -hmm. and then having to read what you were thinking about during those moments Mm -hmm. brought back all of those emotions that I spent all of these years burying for a reason right so for me that was the um, the hardest part because you want to share so that you can give people a full perspective of why we rock so hard Mm -hmm. so you can't have a book like that without those moments right but it's like you don't always want to keep talking about those moments. Those
1: moments, yeah. You know? No, I agree. I can, I can have, I can definitely say that I felt very similar in that um, knowing what to share, and still to this day, like there's certain things that we're still not sharing just because right. we just don't feel to, um, because we feel like we share so much that you know we want to continue to be able to have you know moments for ourselves, yeah. sacred moments, good or bad, you know, mm-hmm. and then also still be true to who we are because we think we owe it to. Um, People who support us and people who followed our journey to show that it was never always just the bells and the whistles and the cherry on top situations. There were a lot of moments that um, really were on the verge of breaking us. Um, I think my challenge with writing the book was um, it's a piece of art, right? When you look at at a book, something Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like a creative piece where any moment that I would walk away from the book mm-hmm. and then I sit with it again, something new would come to my mind or a new perspective or a memory got, you know, mm-hmm. kind of jogged by being in that moment. So I had a hard time actually walking away from this book, y'all, because I mm-hmm. kind of felt like I always wanted to kind of tweak something or you like did. add something. You did. Or you were never I felt like it was never done. And I'm sure if now that the book is already in production and the final script is out... If I sat with it again, I'll find more shit to like, you know, Absolutely. add and, and finagle. Absolutely. So that just made me feel like, you know, is there another book that might come after this one? I guess we'll, well see. This um, is the
0: artist in me because you know, remember, I, I studied art. I studied art from the time I was in middle school to high school and then art history in college. But they say that a work of art is never complete. Mm-hmm. You just stop working on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because a painter mm-hmm. can always go back mm-hmm. and fix a couple strokes, mm-hmm. right? Even a musician when they're writing Mm -hmm. So a sympathy, right? Uh, Not a sympathy, a symphony. Mm -hmm. They always continuously go back and say, I can change this note here. Mm. Well, I can extend this here. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I can add a little bit more to this story. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that, you'll never be able to put it out. Yeah. So at some point, you have to just stop working on it and accept it, even in its flaws, because that's what life is. Yeah. There's never a perfect piece.
1: I guess I'm a, I'm the, I'm the person that's like going back, thinking like, damn, what if you know, what if this wasn't received properly, or if, what if I didn't write this the right way? Mm-hmm. Because for me, the anxiety was that like this is pages to paper, like this is shit that right. lasts. You know what I right. mean? Like the internet will come and go, the iCloud may crash whatever i mean we lose this in the in the abyss that is you know the internet right but like a book like you know you have books from like thousands of years ago that are still well, here to this day that's why you know?
0: authors write multiple books mm-hmm. because we wrote we over me 2021 into 2022 mm-hmm. if we write we over me in 2025 into 2026 it's going to be a completely different oh, for book sure so what you also have to remember is Where were they in this time when they were writing this book? And that's also part of the story. Mm -hmm. So that when the next one comes out or the book by yourself that's not with me or my book that's next or your biography or my biography, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that each piece is not just created in a utopia or in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. It's created during the time when it was written. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of the story. That's what makes it so great.
1: That's actually very true. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dope.
0: So let me ask you. Why do you think it was important for you specifically to write this book?
1: Hmm. There's a couple of things. Um, I think it was a challenge for me. It was a Mm -hmm. space that I'm just not used to being in. Mm -hmm. And in us finding different ways to express ourselves, for us being creatives, um, for us being artists, I felt like this was just another way for me to express Mm -hmm. myself in a area that I felt like was strong for me in the past. And I just was like, you know what? This would be a nice little challenge for me to sit down and be in this space, which I genuinely love. I used to love writing so much that this was um, important for me to do that. Also too, I feel like we share a lot via social media, via the podcast, Um, but there's also moments too that are, you know, shareable that we haven't spoken about. And I feel like we want to continue to give people who support us even more insight into how things work, particularly mm-hmm. because um, you know, our support system is growing mm-hmm. publicly. We also have different vent- uh different ventures that we're trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, different um works that you're trying to, to do. So right. I think that this was a really good space for us to just have something different, something that's not digital, something that's not... I mean, we probably do an audiobook or something. Definitely. For definitely sure. But it just gave us a different space to be in where we could just share more. Because um, not everybody consumes information the same way. Like exactly. We may have a whole other realm of people that we're going to be exposed to now because they because don't podcast, yeah. they don't follow social media, they don't have a Facebook account, right. you know. Um, so I think that that's just another way for other people to be touched by our story.
0: For me, it was simple. literature is the only medium that's timeless. Mm-hmm. right? Books don't go out of style
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? you You hear about all these different mediums. At one point, it was radio. then people stopped listening to radio and started watching TV. well stopped stopped listening to radio and started going to the theater. Then it was they stopped going to the theater and then they started going to movies. Mm-hmm. then it was movies and now everyone's on devices. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's consistent is literature.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The Bible is one of the oldest books. Mm-hmm ever written and it's still one of the most powerful books so I feel like literature is a way to remain timeless Mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time is Troy Mm-hmm. Because Achilles said he always wants his name to be remembered,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I always wanted—I always want my, for my name to be remembered. I want when I leave this earth, people say, "Hey, DeVal contributed to the earth and humanity in this way," mm-hmm. and I feel like the best way to do that is through literature mm-hmm. because that can be carried from generation to generation and, and forward and forward. So it was important for me for that reason.
1: Nice. What did you learn about yourself or each other while recounting the stories for the book? So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but was there anything else that yeah, you can think of?
0: Absolutely. I, ha- I now have a greater respect for both sets of our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when reading the book, we are extremely hard on our parents
2: mm-hmm.
0: because we had to hold ourselves accountable for our behavior early in our relationships, but learning that our behavior was learned behavior from our parents. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like when you go to therapy and you realize that the traumas you face growing up in a certain house create the person that you are, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to share this person with another person who had their own traumas in their own house. Writing these stories and listening to how you perceive them after knowing your family, made sense to me. Yeah, It was like, she perceived it like that or she thought that way because that's how her parents are. Mm-hmm. I thought things because that's how my parents are. Mm-hmm. And it also made me realize that as much as we complain about our parents mm-hmm. and the traumas they gave us, we have to congratulate our parents on creating dope humans because I felt like I wanted to be of service to you because you were so dope. Mm -hmm. Which means I have to applaud your parents.
1: For raising a dope-ass human being. You see what I'm saying? Thank you, Marcin and Sharon. For
0: me, yes. (laughs) So for me, it was like I can find fault in what my parents did because I can look at my traumas and look at my insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. But I also fell in love with a a very flawed woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can look at your parents and be like, you're an extremely flawed beautiful loving person because of who your parents created and I have to give them their flowers
2: mm-hmm.
0: but from your perspective you're like I'm so flawed because of who my parents but you fell in love with me yeah and you will give my fam- my parents flowers so mm-hmm. I learned so much about this process and about your family and I just have a greater respect for both of our parents because mm-hmm. they did what they could with what they had during that time
1: no absolutely I think that's important we even dedicated the book to our parents and yes. of course our children and stuff but um it's super important because we always like to harp on like, damn, our parents didn't do X, Y, Z. And, yep. you know, they, because of them that not doing this, then I, but I'm just like, shoot, look at now. <laughs> right. <laughs> look at, right? Look at, look at right. us. Look at right. look you at and us. I. Um, and one thing I learned about our, you know, our story our, mm. is to really, we sometimes harp on the, the, the bad in the moment a lot or mm. things that aren't going right or levels that we haven't reached yet. But just looking at like the things that we've, encounter that we've you know survived the mm-hmm. things that we've you know had to laugh through and cry through together mm-hmm. like we have a pretty dope ass love story yes we do like, that was another possible title like a brooklyn love story, a brooklyn love story. you know what i mean We because thought about that yeah you just think about a, a story of two kids in brooklyn you know coming from our humble backgrounds and just having dreams, like dreams. Just, just having dreams and having each other and finding a way to make that shit work and to make it come to fruition. And like I said, on a different episode, like almost 20 years exactly to the date since we sat mm-hmm. in your dorm room, you are now living a dream at the time, Yeah, but it's something that you worked for for 20 years, your we, own show. We worked for. We. we no, seriously.
0: Together. we we yeah. The first date that Kadeen and I had, I told Kadeen what my life plan was. Mm-hmm. I told her what I wanted to do. I told her verbatim that I wanted to graduate from school. I'll probably be a free agent tryout. Or, no, like I said, when we graduate from school, I'll probably work on Wall Street. If mm-hmm. I can make it to the NFL and be in a practice squad, yeah. I'll buy a brownstone. We you were a finance a basement, major, I think. A finance we, major. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then
1: he met me. And I had this whole plan. Like, mm, I'm coming to your class.
0: I definitely was coming to your classes. <laughs> That's not even a question. But I had this whole plan for myself, mm-hmm. and when I spoke to her about what I wanted to do, she was just like, "Okay, so how are we gonna do it?" And it, she didn't laugh at me, mm-hmm. but she also had this like, this air like she felt comfortable saying, "How are we gonna do this?"
1: Yeah, at first it was a, a flirting tactic. I'm not even gonna lie, because just Uh-oh. like, uh, I mean, <laughs> here we are sitting out and chatting for the first time, and you tell me like your life plan, and I'm inserting myself into your life plan by saying, "So how are we yeah. gonna do that?" Yeah. You know, and it was just like, oh shit, like here I am bought into your dream. Yeah. But it also is a testament to how passionate you were early on. Like yeah. I could just feel that early on. And I just knew, like, man, this guy, like, he really got his shit together. Like, how many 18 year olds do you meet that really, like, know? A lot of people are like, oh, I'm undecided major. I don't really, right, really right, know. I'm right. trying to figure things out. Right. Might work for my dad's company. That's if your dad even has a company. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. oh, I might pick up a trade. Right. You know, I don't know if college is even for me, really. I'm just here because I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Like, there's so many different viewpoints that you can have at 18 yeah. that you don't even know what the fuck, you know? <laughs> so yeah. when I saw that you had that from early on, I was like, wow. And that was always my mindset too. I was just like, man, like now I'm finally in college. I was inspired yeah, by man. the fact that I was like about to be at my parents' house. It's like, okay, yeah. how am I going to adult? Like what is adulting going <laughs> to look like for me? Um, and then shit, we realized some days it's like, I don't want to be an adult no more. <laughs> you know, right. we realized that over time. But in those moments, um, they were just like really, really just – Priceless, inspiring moments. So that let me ask you so what,
0: what do you hope readers take away from the book?
1: I just hope that you guys are able to, well, A, if you're dealing with any particular strifes in your relationship or just in life as an individual, because we, want, we don't want this to be just geared towards married couples, no, people in, no. in relationships. Mm-mm. Um, people who aspire to be in relationships. This is actually for somebody too, who knows that, you know, I don't think I want to be in a relationship. Yeah. And I know that because I watched Deval and or I've read this book mm. and the things that they're doing for each other. I just know I don't have the capacity to do for another human right. being, you know, that's
0: also a way to inspire people.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to agree with everything that we've said in here. Some things in there, mm. I know off the bat, some people are going to be like, what? Right. Like, I didn't see right. that coming or, oh, they did that. I don't know if I fuck with them no more. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You can feel the way you want to feel, but this is our truth and we're living in it. Yeah. And we're living comfortably in it. Yeah. And I enjoy the fact that I'm able to do that. And I hope that it inspires others to live comfortably in who you yeah. are, you know, and, and not show up. Like I've said, you know, a little tidbit in the book is like not to continue to show up as this representative of yourself. Like I want yeah. people to, as an individual, as a human live in who you are and mm. it's better for everybody that way because you don't have a facade to keep up yeah and then whoever you're introducing yourself to says all right I know who I'm dealing with and there's no surprises let's take some of the guessing out of it and just give people the ability to make choices to want mm. to be in your orbit or not mm. you know make so choices
0: that's one thing the book is about the book is about a lot of choices you it and is. I made a lot of choice over these last 20 Me years sure so did. Um,
1: and you know what We're all like You talked about art Being unfinished We're art Yes As Life humans, is a work of art that's, We yeah. are art Yeah So how are you Continuing to like Add that paint stroke To your life To make you that much better Yeah You know What are you doing To alter your career path What are right. you doing To alter your path Or your relationship With a family member um, How is that looking like For you What does that look like For you I'm what glad, you, like I'm glad you? you
0: brought that up Right That's that's actually A perfect segue Because Remember how you said life is a work of art, Mm -hmm. right? What makes works of art valuable is the individuality, right? It's one of a kind. Mm -hmm. So can you create a valuable life trying to copy someone else's version of their life? Mm. Think about it. How much value does your relationship have if you spend time trying to copy someone else's version of relationship that you think is perfect? It's the, the, authentic,
1: it's the authenticity versus the replica, right? Yes. Yeah. And how much less is the replica in value?
0: Way less, right? Anything that's a knockoff
1: mm-hmm. it
0: has no value. It's a knockoff. The original, mm-hmm. even as flawed as it is, the reason why its value is because it has the flaws and that's how we can tell us the original. One of the main things we talk about in the book is that we hate the idea of couple goals. Mm -hmm. And we hate the idea of people pulling pillars up and saying, if you follow these pillars, you can create a life you want with yourself. We actually despise that. And we actually despise being called couple goals Mm -hmm. because we don't inspire to be like any other couple. Mm -hmm. Like when people ask all the time, what couples inspire you, Mm -hmm. right? I don't even look up to my parents. I don't look up to your parents. I don't look up to anybody. I Mm -hmm. feel like in order for me to create the type of relationship I want that's going to last and has value, I have to work within the person that I'm with, the couple Mm -hmm. that I'm with, yeah. I have to work within this union to create our own version. Oh, for sure. So I don't look at any other people and I don't want other people to look at us. That's the first thing I hope that they walk away with is mm-hmm. that you can't and you should never want to be Daval and Kadeem. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. Yeah. You can be inspired by their love story, you know, because we've had success in life loving on each other. Mm-hmm. But don't try to be like anyone else. That's the right. first thing. The second thing I want people to learn is how to have empathy And compassion for each other, Mm. right? I want people to walk away feeling inspired by love Mm -hmm. and believing in humanity. Mm -hmm. Because when I read the book over and over and over again, the thing that stuck with me is how much you have to believe in the power of love for us to make the decisions we made blindly Mm -hmm. at the age we made and to have Mm -hmm. the success we have. Mm That's faith. That's that's there's nothing that you can write to describe what that feeling is or mm-hmm. how to tell. People say, How do you know when you found the right person? Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't know. Have faith in humanity, have empathy and compassion and learn to love out loud. And it's okay to learn and love people differently than everyone else thinks that they should be loved. That's what I want people to walk away from with.
1: I love that. Babe. Yeah. Look at you. I'm getting warm and fuzzy thinking about this book. I'm excited, y'all. February I'm excited 7th. Too. February 7th is when the book will be. Out in stores. Pre-orders are available now. But pre-order now. Get your hands on it now. The holidays are coming up. Yes. You know, and we think it would be great. Like we said, not just for the person who aspires to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. or someone who's currently in a relationship, but it can be for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we're hoping that you guys will. Yes. um, We'll see. All right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll pay some bills and come back with Listener Letters. Wow.
0: all year long.
1: That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
0: That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, guys, we're back. The Val and authors of We Over Me.
1: I guess you're giving me eyes over there.
0: Webby Award podcast host.
1: So cute. Next up, Parents of New York four. Times bestseller.
0: New York Times. I'm, I'm speaking in into existence. Atmosphere. That's what we do is talk <laughs> it. We talk it. We live it. We dream it. We That's manifest we've it. Done. That's, That's what we do That's what done, we do,
1: y'all. 20 years in the counting. Yes. All right. So, I'll go, go for first. it, baby.
0: Hey there, Kadena DeVal. I am such a fan of you guys and the podcast and love listening to your takes on various relationship issues. So here's my dilemma. I am 31 years old and currently in a happy relationship. That don't sound like a dilemma to me. Approaching (laughs) our second anniversary. I have discussed marriage, but are working, or we have discussed marriage, but are working on saving some funds and achieving certain professional goals in the meantime. I am in a stable nine to five and make good money. He is an entrepreneur working on building his brand and business with the goal of achieving financial freedom. I am an only child and take care of my mom who has a physical disability. This means covering our household expenses, her medical insurance, and other medical bills. I am considering buying an income property, example, a duplex or tri- uh, triplex, or triplex um, moving my mom in with me there and putting our family home on rent. My boyfriend thinks it's a bad idea and we should wait a few years until we can do this together. Uh, save a significant down payment to limit our debt and the time to pay off the mortgage instead of the minimum down payment, which I have saved. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. While I see his vision, my family home is not the best area and I want to move on, move on now that I am finally financially able. However, he is adamant that as we are moving towards marriage, though no timeline has been set yet, we should only make moves together and disregard uh, and disregarding his opinion on this would prove I am not a team player. I would, mm. Mm. And i making plans for my future without our relationship in mind. I am torn. How much should a significant other's opinion play into big decisions when marriage isn't a part of the equation yet? Ooh,
1: that's, Ooh, a, good that's a good question. That's a whole episode that's in a itself, good question. I feel like. <clears> wow. <throat> hmm, and it's a two-year anniversary. She's in a happy relationship and it's only two years in. Not to say that you can't be happy in the course of two years, but that's still very new to then all yes. then be making yes. these big financial, yes, <laughs> you I know, um, commitments.
0: I'll say this. This is why this is a perfect question, right? Why? We're just talking about the book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything we did in our book is like the antithesis of what people say you should do in relationships. <laughs> we moved in together very early when we, we were sure young. Did. When I was in Detroit playing ball, I moved you in with me. Mm-hmm. We bought a house. Yeah. Right. We weren't married. Well, mm-hmm. I, I proposed. I I bought the house. Mm-hmm. Together, mm-hmm. I didn't put your name on the mortgage. Right. Then I proposed. Right. Then we moved back here into an apartment. So we pretty mm-hmm. much did everything the way people would tell you don't do it. Yeah. And we are thriving and, and working fine. This is what I will say to you, young lady. Um, You're two years into a relationship. You guys haven't settled into understanding if you're going to get married or not yet. You individually have to do what's best financially for you and your family. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um. He may have a point, though. If you're not ready to listen to him, that proves that you're not ready to be a team player and be in a marriage. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be committed to being his wife right now while you're still learning each other. Mm -hmm. You're in a happy relationship. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you stop putting your business on hold to make him feel more comfortable because he doesn't have the funds to provide right now.
1: Right. You see what I'm saying? I I was going to say, it's giving a little bit like, he can't do it in this moment, so he wants you to wait. Right. Right. And it's just right. like, sis, you have the down payment, which you said you saved already, the minimum down payment. Right. And if you're in a bad area and your mom, you know, is your, your, mm-hmm. your, her sole caretaker, you have to do what's best for the quality of life for yourself and your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, And then having a rental income is always, you know, is always a, a plus, you know. So. I will say
0: this, though. Him saying my idea is that we wait a few years and do it together is proof to you that he is thinking long term. Long term. Yes. So even though he hasn't said marriage, it mm-hmm. is clear that this man is thinking financially long term. Right. So now the ball is in your court. Mm-hmm. Do you say, you know what? He hasn't said anything about marriage, but he's proven to me that he wants to work together because that's literally what happened with Kadeen and I. Mm-hmm. I brought a home in Michigan to let her know, you're moving in here to live into my home. My home. Mm-hmm. You're going to be my wife. But Kadeen did say to me at that time, I don't want to be a living girlfriend. And that's when I decided to propose. Mm -hmm. So I understand a woman's perspective. Until you have that open conversation about marriage Mm -hmm. and there's some commitment about marriage, it's very difficult for a woman to, or it's difficult for anyone Mm -hmm. to say, we're going to wait and do things together.
1: But like we also said too, the male perspective is, okay, I've met this woman. We're two years in. I'm in a happy relationship. I see a future with her. Uh-huh. Let me get my ducks in a row. Uh-huh. And it sounds like he's like in that getting that, his, getting ducks, his ducks, in ducks in a row, row phase, yes. right? So I think you both have hearts in the right place because you're both thinking about so how you they can confirm the f- communicate about it. Thank you. Talk about it. Let's weigh <laughs> some pros and cons. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense in the financial market that we're in, mm-hmm. in real estate, for you to make this move now, be like, babe, I have researched it. I think mm-hmm. we should pull the trigger on this now because we are working towards a legacy we want to mm-hmm. build together. Because we're thinking long term, but now is the perfect opportunity to buy because the market is down or mm-hmm. the interest rate is down. Like, if you come and have a conversation with actual facts about yes, the, the facts that support the choice the, that you want to make. Yes. Then it may make more sense to him versus just him thinking like, all right, well, I just don't want her to make a move without me because, you know, I may not be in this position to do it right in this moment. If it can benefit you in the long run and you pull the trigger on it now, that can be a case that you can present to him.
0: I agree. I will couple this. Y'all may sit down and come with all the facts and it still may get fucked up. Mm -hmm. Give you an example. Kadeen and I, I bought this property in Michigan because it was the right thing to do. I needed the tax write-off. I was playing in the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. I bought the property not only because I wanted to prove to Kadeen that I was thinking long-term, but I needed a tax write-off, and financially, it made the most sense. Mm -hmm. The recession happens two months later, and I get cut. So even though it was the right decision in the moment I made it, two months later, it didn't seem like the right decision because Mm -hmm. now all the capital I had saved... Mm To buy the house was now invested in the property. I didn't have capital for us to survive, and I lost my job.
1: And what could I have done? Been like, see, I you didn't tell you to buy you, this property. Nobody asked that. for this property. You see, done this that. is why we're here. And we and didn't that do never that. Happened
0: same way when we we had a discussion about well, do you want to stay in Michigan? Because I just got a job as a learning coordinator at the University of Michigan. Kadeem was working at makeup uh, in the mall, but Kadeem said, "Listen, I want to move back home to Brooklyn because our family's closer to Brooklyn. I want to spend more time in Brooklyn." So we decided to rent out the house and move back to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. All of these decisions, hindsight, we can look back now and say there was a better decision. But in the moment, mm-hmm. we got together, collectively made a decision for us. Mm-hmm. And whatever the consequences were,
1: we just rocked, we rocked
0: with it. We there rocked was no out. blame game. Yep. We, we were upset at times. And we were just like, because I remember or when frustrated. the whole yeah. house thing came. And I was just like, man, we had a big wedding. We should have bought a house. And we had that whole mm-hmm. debate. But we never held that over each other and said we're not going to love each other because of those decisions there's no wrong decision in life right it's just you have to deal with the consequences that come with each decision and understand that have the conversation make a decision if y'all love each other and move on accordingly
1: all right sounds good good luck to you sis number two okay so as i said I would like to remain anonymous. All right, sis, off the bat, be anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) But first off, I love you guys and your relationship and just the way that you're realistic about your journey together and the maturity growth that you guys both went through. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Um, So me and my boyfriend have been together for almost a year and we argue. He says that to him, it's not arguing, but to me it is because I guess I take it in more internally than he does. Mm. To me, he comes across as not caring about my feelings or how he says things to me, even when I tell him and express to him that he's hella rude and harsh in how he speaks.
0: So they're from the West Coast. She said hella.
1: (laughs) Right. In his mind, as long as he's telling the truth, then whatever I take it as is on me.
0: That's that's old school devout.
1: (laughs) In my opinion, that comes across like you don't care about my feelings. So my question is, should this be a deal breaker? Because we've talked about it several times, and I'm not sure if he cares to change that about him. Thanks in advance for y'all's time. Love y'all. Man, these are argument styles, debate styles. Argument styles, debate styles. <laughs> Conversation have, styles. You know how they
0: have love languages? Yes. They should have a book on argument styles.
1: It, no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Because what tends to happen... You know, we have the term that I've used to say that what well, everyone talks about, brutal honesty, right? Mm-hmm. I used to say like Deval is just brutally honest, mm-hmm. brutally honest. And then I heard someone recently say like, this honesty have to be brutal? Mm-hmm. Can it just be honesty? Honest. But I think it all depends on the way it's delivered and then, of course, on the way it's received. You and, and I, I think have the, had, we'll go ahead, finish. Oh, sorry. You and I have had a lot of moments where we've been in these arguments, and a lot of time the argument, shifts away from what we were even talking about to the way things were said. Yes. Or how it landed. Yes. Or the way it was delivered. Yes. And we argued in turn more about that yes. than the actual argument.
2: Yes.
0: And I think that's because people don't realize that when you're arguing with someone, you're arguing with their whole family. <laughs> and when I say that, I say this. First of all, every conversation is not an argument.
2: Mm-hmm. Kadena
0: and I have had to have this argument. Right. right. Every time I used to speak to her about something that I wanted to focus on or, or change, even if it was once a week, she's like, every week you want to argue. I'm like, it's not an argument. I, have, I feel a way about something and I want to express it to you. If you're going to receive it as an argument, you're already coming with a negative connotation about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Just because you want to speak about something, and I, I'm going to say this to all couples, right? There is 24 hours in a day. If I want to speak to my wife one of those hours about things I think we can do better, That's still less than 5% of the time. Mm -hmm. So when people say you argue all the time, if you argue for an hour every day, that's still less than 5% of the time. 95% of the time, everything is fine. But if you spend 5% wanting to get better, that's not an argument. That's how people get better.
1: That should be tiring, though. I'm not going to say it's not tiring. <laughs> Shit. I'm not going
0: to say it's not tiring, but mm-hmm. we also have to understand the reality. Right.
1: Or the work that has to the go into it. The work that goes
0: into it. And yeah. people don't argue every day. Mm-hmm. So if you argue once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can divide that 5% into 7 because now we don't even argue every day. Right. So 5% divided by 7 is less than 1% of the time mm-hmm. I want to have a conversation mm-hmm. and you find a problem with it. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. The only way we can get better is by having discussions. That's the first thing. So, mm-hmm. every time someone has a discussion, it's not an argument. Mm-hmm. Number two, when I say when you argue with someone, you argue with your family, I'm not talking about you literally arguing with their family. Mm-hmm. I'm, te- I'm speaking about the way they learn to communicate
1: oh, for comes sure. from
0: a lifetime of communicating oh in their home. Yes, or not communicating. Or in not their home. communicating. One thing you'll learn about Kadine and I is that, especially from reading the book, we struggled the first 10 years of our relationship. Five years of our marriage, because we had to unpack how we discuss things with each other. Kadeen's family was very reserved. The Val's family has family caucuses. So every time I go to speak to Kadeen, she used to feel attacked because she wasn't used to having these conversations. She thought it was brutal honesty because I was just being upfront about how I felt. I thought it was brutal silence because you didn't <laughs> want to talk to me. It's like Facts. we are having an issue and I'm talking and you're just staring at me. We both thought the other person was being brutal, Mm -hmm. and it's because we never took the time to unpack how we communicate and how our families communicated. Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned over the past couple of years is that if you really want to get to know someone, get to know their family. Mm -hmm. And don't take everything they do as disrespect, because if that person is trying to communicate, even as brutal as it may seem, Mm -hmm. that communication style may be their way of loving.
1: That's true. Or you think about the person or the friend or the individual that you know that's just sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And this person just, everything is in jest or they, they their truth sometimes lands in jest which mm-hmm. you may not find as funny but right. that's just how, that's, that's their love, that's their conversation. That's their conversation
0: is style. Style, yes. Yeah. So that's what style, they like, yeah.
1: that's how they like to do it but it's like they don't mean any harm Right. but the way you receive it Mm-hmm. is with harm you know mm-hmm. so I think you have to also know who you're dealing with in this Absolutely. moment Like, so, so my question to her is like is what he when he does deliver these you know facts or these points to you mm-hmm. is it harsh and is it rude because it's honest is he telling you something about yourself that you don't like
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you don't know how to be accountable so then you see it as rude or is he just really just out there being rude to hurt your feelings
0: and, and I'll, I'll speak in her defense in this because that's a great question Just because you're used to being sarcastic with your family Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that someone else has to accept your sarcasm. What we have to learn how to stop doing in relationships is telling other people, and we did a podcast about this called Get Out My Feelings. Mm -hmm. Stop telling people how they're supposed to feel about the words you use to express your feelings to them. Absolutely. If what you said to someone, whether it was sarcastic or kind or Mm -hmm. nice or hurtful, made them feel a way... That person didn't just choose to want to feel away. You made them feel away. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge that, and if you really want your message to get through, if you love this person, you'll try to change the way you communicate so they can Absolutely. land on them while right. learning about them. Right, and that's what I think these two have to learn how to do.
1: Yeah, that's when the delivery matters. It's like, am yeah. I speaking to you with compassion
0: mm. and just
1: saying, "Hey, you know, you did X, Y, Z. I didn't like that. Here's mm. ways that we can kind of get past this," or are you just? You know, placing you know, pointing the finger and placing right. the blame, and just you right. know, trying to be mean, is a, is a big difference here. So, and um, I appreciate
0: your point about saying, "Is he brutal because he's honest, yeah. and you don't want to hear the honesty?" Yeah, that's a lot of times. That's why people get offended. That's why cancel culture. It's happening the way it's happening. Mm-hmm. A lot because, of course, certain things are offensive. And mm-hmm. anything that promotes hate or violence against a group of people shouldn't be tolerated. Mm-hmm. But if someone is speaking their truth and you're offended by their truth, right, that says more about you. Than them, Because yeah. it's true. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. If a person is not speaking violence, not speaking hatred mm-hmm. on anyone, but their truth makes you feel a way, sometimes you need to look in the mirror Bruh, and be like, why did I've been that affect did, me? I've been
1: there this, with this dude right here. <laughs> I just like, damn, he totally read me read me everything, handed me my ass on a platter and he did it so directly um, and not rude, but ju- just direct. So yeah. I'm feeling some kind of way. I'm feeling like it's rude, but it, it's not really rude because he's right. And I think he circled back with a little bit of loving around I it.
2: I tried. I try. <laughs>
1: Deval always gives the advice and then nurtures behind it. Um, you know, it's like, I'm going to read you all your rights and then love you after. Um, and you're the you know, opposite. So there's a way to do it.
0: You're the opposite. She doesn't say anything she just lets me do and then spazzes out and then be like, you know, you just be doing too fucking much.
1: And <laughs> I've learned, science. yeah,
0: and I've learned not to take that as she's attacking me. Right. I've learned to understand that, you know what, she's not used to communicating yeah. in this manner. I just
1: had to get it
0: out. And it's been an hour then, of us having the same discussion and she's fatigued. Yeah. So yeah. We, we've we learned now to laugh. When right. we first started, mm-hmm. it wasn't laughing. There right. was a lot of insults thrown after that because we get upset at each other. Mm-hmm. Then and then the conversation then becomes a debate and then after the debate becomes an argument mm-hmm. and after the argument, it becomes toxic and then radioactive.
1: Listen.
0: And we've been through that aspect as well. So don't feel there. like because you're there. Right.
1: So that, for her question is, that, you know, should this be a deal breaker? I don't think it's a deal no, breaker for you all. at all. You got to learn. You, know, you got
0: to learn
2: how,
1: each you go, other. how are you going to learn? How you gonna Keep learn? having conversations. How you going to learn? Keep having conversations. If it matters that much. And remember this. Guidance.
0: This is something I tell Jackson. Becoming a master at something takes thousands and thousands of hours of muscle memory and muscle movement Mm -hmm. right and it takes thousands and thousands of hours of doing the same movement over and over again to become muscle memory so for your whole life you've argued with your family and your your friends a certain way that's become your muscle memory Mm -hmm. when you meet somebody and you've get into a disagreement, you're going to resort back to how you did things with all the people you're comfortable with.
1: You slip right into a comfort zone. And
0: it's been comfortable with them. But now that you're with a new person, it's uncomfortable. Yes. When you're trying to change, it's going to take thousands and thousands of hours of muscle movement Mm -hmm. to become muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So just because you have one conversation about how you feel and that Mm -hmm. person claims they understand, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean the next time you have an argument, they're not going to resort back to what their original muscle memory. So give each other grace and time to learn through it.
1: Absolutely. All right. We hope that helped both of our couples today. And if you want to be featured as a listener letter, if you want to write in, you have a story, you want to hear our little two cents, (laughs) um, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com.
0: That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com.
1: All right. Moment of truth. We over me. The counterintuitive approach to getting the life and the love and the relationship. You won't
0: My moment of truth is this Order We Over Me The (laughs) counterintuitive approach To getting the relationship you want With the man you love Or the woman you love Right now
1: Order
0: Pre-orders available You'll get your book February 7th That's my whole moment of truth Because everything that I want to say about it Is in the book Is
1: in the book That's, uh, (laughs) That's really really good also And you can look forward to Us going on tour again Yes Yes sir You heard it here first Yes sir So once the book drops You know we had our Dead ass live shows yes. Over the summer Which were amazing yes. Sold out Wild ass energy Yeah. And we cannot wait To be on tour with y'all When you have your Copy in hand Yes We'll be doing book signings Tours yes. Live shows All that good stuff So the top of the year Is about to be lit y'all Make sure that if you have a friend A family member yes. Who can use a copy Go ahead and order it For the holidays And this is And they'll get it right Before Valentine's Day
0: Absolutely And here's a fact um, we are going to do a book tour
1: mm-hmm. Of
0: course Yes But during the Deadass Podcast Tour Yes If your book is purchased yes. When we do the meet and greets We will sign Everybody who has a book On the Deadass Podcast Tour We plan on doing A 20 city tour Starting February Valentine's Day Ending in April We plan on going From the west coast All the way down the south And back up Through Atlanta So We'll see you guys shortly.
1: For sure. And of course, don't forget my East Coasters.
0: Right? Oh, definitely. I said I did the South. I'll, did I say that East Coast? You
1: said through up Atlanta. Oh, threw up know. through
0: Atlanta. So we're gonna go all the way through Florida, come up through through the the Mason Dixon all the way through there. Cause we started in New York last time and went yeah, down. Yeah, so, so we're gonna go. So we'll go from the west, go all the way back. down around and come up. Probably and up. we're not gonna forget about the north. We're not gonna forget about the That's north and the meant. northwest. But mm-hmm. the northwest, we're gonna do another podcast tour, probably mm-hmm. the following year because the weather Oh, yeah. In the Northwest during that February, March. (laughs) Ain't the nicest to people. So, (laughs) you know, living in Michigan for all them years. Ain't nobody trying to go to Michigan in February and deal with Lake Lake Effect snow. snow? (laughs) Ain't nobody trying to deal with that. Oh, man. And and we did think about, definitely thought about the Northeast, but the weather is an issue because of travel. Yeah. What we don't want to have to do is cancel dates or get date, dates affected because of weather and mm-hmm. snow and things of that nature. So yeah. there's We're a still reason, ironing out the uh, yeah. the details. But, but there's a reason no. we went through this out first.
1: Yeah, no to expect that, all right? Yes. All right, y'all. Be sure to find us on social media, Dead Ass the Podcast. We're going to still be dropping more reminders about the book on our social media pages for the podcast and as well yes. for me at Kadena I am.
0: And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, Review and subscribe.
1: Get your copy, y'all. Deadass.
0: Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead ass the Podcast and never miss a thing.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.